Hey, so glad to have you here with us, Impact Weekend. My name is Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors here, and it has been absolutely amazing to see what God has already done through Shelter Cove this weekend. Uh, lives are being impacted, changed, and it's great to see just the ripple effect. We have the opportunity this weekend to impact one life at a time, and in doing so, we're going to impact thousands of people. So today, uh, I've got a shorter sermon. Uh, it's going to be brief and to the point for some of you. You're like, yes, it's going to be the best message I've ever heard. Uh, but we're going to do what we always do here, and we're going to dive into the Word of God. So if this is your first weekend, this is a different weekend, one we've been looking forward to for months. In fact, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to be. I do want to give a warm welcome to all those joining us online. Stoked to have you tuning in with us today. Matthew chapter 9, if you don't have a Bible, uh, feel free to raise your hand. One of the ushers will get one to you. As always, there's notes in your bulletins. Great way to follow along with the passage today. Our word this year is impact. And uh, we're praying that God will have an impact in our lives, through our lives, in our church, through our church. And we thought, well, what a better thing to do than to pause on a weekend, shorten our service times, and really live out the word of God and be an impact to our community and people all over the world. So that's what we're gonna have the privilege to do today, but we just wanna refocus and talk about how we don't just do that today, but how we do that in our every single day lives. Now Jesus, in Matthew chapter nine, has just gotten done giving the greatest sermon ever. Matthew five, six, and seven is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew eight and nine, Jesus is going out and he's healing people. He's casting out demons. The mute can talk, the blind can see. The Pharisees gather together and they say, you know what, Jesus is doing this by the power of Satan. And what's Jesus' response? He does more miracles. We're going to see that Jesus goes into both the cities and the villages. He goes to the highly populated areas and goes to the villages where there's very few people. Why? Because all people from all walks of life have value in the eyes of Jesus. Don't miss that. With that said, let's stand as we honor the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 9. Starting in verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Heavenly Father, speak to us now. Help us to impact people the way Jesus did. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One of my favorite things to do uh, in life is just hang out with my kids. Got Drew, Jake, and Hallie. Uh, Jake is our oldest, and Drew's our middle, and Hallie. And we'll play games to, together. We play at hide-and-go-seek, Daddy Monster, which means when I find the kids, I just tickle them as, as much as I can until they tap out, and I get a lot of enjoyment from that. Uh, I like to play basketball with Drew. And as I play basketball with Drew, I like to, to teach him. And I'll tell him, Drew, I want you to do exactly what I do. I want you to imitate me. 
So I told him to bend his knees and get his arm like this and how to shoot free throws. And I say, Drew, I want you to imitate exactly what I do when it comes to free throws. And then other times we're just hanging out as a family. And uh, if something weird happens, I'll just look and be like, that, that was weird. I'll just say that. And now Hallie, something weird will happen. Guess what she says? That was weird. Sometimes she'll say, Dad, you're weird, which 99% of the time she's right. So there are times where my kids intentionally imitate me, but then without even realizing it, without even noticing it, they find themselves imitating me. And today I want us to be super intentional in the way that we imitate Jesus, because when we imitate Jesus, we will impact others. That's just the reality. And we could talk about why we imitate Jesus, and we could talk about how Jesus is God in the flesh, that only through Jesus is their life, only through Jesus is their victory. It's because of Jesus uh, the most books have been written in history. It's because of Jesus the most schools have been started and founded on Jesus. We're not going to talk about the why we imitate Jesus today. We're going to talk about the how. And today's message is very simple. But it is not easy. Imitating Jesus is very simple. But it is not easy because it takes every single one of us dying to our flesh. But we're going to look at just two ways where we will have a radical impact if we just simply imitate Jesus. What did Jesus do? Number one in your notes. Jesus talked impact. He talked impact. How did he talk impact? He taught impact. Through his sermons, through his messages, when people would ask him questions, through his parables, which are stories, Jesus continually talked about impact, the impact of God, the impact of the kingdom of God, the impact that he would have. In fact, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount is all about impact, how you can live the blessed life, how you can become salt and light. How you live out this this golden rule, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Now it sounds similar to what other religions say, but it's very different. See, the Hindu faith says, this is the sum of duty. Do not to others, which you have done to you would cause you pain. Buddhist faith says, hurt not others with that which pains yourself. Greek philosophy puts it this way. Do not do to others what angers you, if done to you by others. All these other religions talk about what not to do to others. Jesus flips the script and says, do unto others what you would want done for you. Why? Because love always does something. And so Jesus talked impact. And we see in the brief verses that we read today, what was Jesus doing? He was going from city to village in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Now, what happened in the synagogues? That's where the word of God was taught. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel? Gospel is simply good news of the kingdom. Whose kingdom? Jesus' kingdom. That Jesus came as king to rule and to reign. So Jesus is teaching. Jesus is talking about the good news of his kingdom, a kingdom that will never end. And so for us to imitate Jesus, we need to talk about impacts. How do we do that? We talk about who Jesus is. We talk about what is only possible 
in the life of Jesus. And as we talk about Jesus, we're teaching about Jesus. We, we talk about what Jesus has done in our own lives. We talk about what we're hoping Jesus will do in the next several days and months because none of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. All of us have issues. Can I get an amen? Good. Do not elbow your neighbor when I say that, all right? Amen. I ain't talking to you. No. Talk about myself. A lot of you just said amen when I said I'm talking about myself. Not sure how to take that. But we've never gotten to a point in our lives where we've arrived. And so how do we imitate Jesus? Jesus talked impact. So we talk impact. And here's where so many Christians miss the mark. This is where it stops. We, we talk about Jesus. We talk about what's only possible with Jesus. And that's where it stops. It's not where it stopped with Jesus. Because Jesus not only talked impact, point two in your notes, Jesus lived impact. In other words, Jesus talked the talk and he walked the walk. If we're going to have an impact, it doesn't stop with us talking about impact. We have to be people that are living impact. And I think a lot of us would initially say, yeah, but, but Jesus could do anything. Jesus, Jesus had the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him. Here's the thing that we don't think about, so do we. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to go away. Unless I go, the Holy Spirit won't come. And he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to do greater works than me. So God's given us everything that we need by the power of the Holy Spirit to not only talk impact, but walk impact. How did Jesus do that? I want to share with you four ways that Jesus lived impact from this story. And what do we do? First thing we do, we see others as Jesus saw. We see others as Jesus saw. What does that mean? It means that Jesus had a way of looking at people and seeing their needs, seeing their brokenness, seeing their hurt, seeing their pain, seeing their emptiness. So if we're going to impact others the way Jesus did, we need to see others the way that Jesus saw. And if we're not careful, if I'm not careful, we can get so consumed with our schedules and our agenda and where we've got to go and who we're hanging out with, we miss seeing people the way Jesus saw them. Well, how do we do this? That's what I want you to do every single day this week. Pray, God, would you help me see others the way you see them? Every single morning before you leave the house. God, I want your eyes. I want to see people the way you saw them. I want to see their hurt. I want to see their pain. I want to see their brokenness. I want to see their loneliness. Jesus had a way of being able to see people in a unique way that identified their real needs. So what do we do? We see others the way Jesus saw. Second of all, we Feel for others as Jesus felt. We feel for others as Jesus felt. The Greek word splanch nitsomai. Splanch nitsomai. Say that with me on three. One, two, three. Splanch nitsomai. 
bless you. It just sounded like a bunch of you sneeze. That was really freaky. What's that word mean? It means compassion. It's used 12 times in the New Testament. Either by Jesus in one of his parables or to describe Jesus. It's this, it's this feeling we get in our guts when we see somebody that's hurting and we, we have to do something about it. That's why so many times in the Gospels, again, this word only used of Jesus, it would say filled with compassion. How, how would Jesus feel? He would feel this compassion. It's what led him to feed people. It's what led him to heal people. It's what led him to teach people. In the parables that Jesus used, the good Samaritan responded with, it's this compassion. It says that he was filled with compassion. The lost son, when this son leaves his father and says, Father, I don't want you, I just want your stuff. The son eventually comes home and the father was filled with compassion and moves towards his son. So we don't only see what others uh, see others as Jesus saw. We feel for others as Jesus felt. Why? We struggle with it. The disciples struggled with this. The disciples struggled with compassion. That's why when Jesus went to a city and he was rejected by the people, James and John said, Jesus, just call fire from heaven and destroy them all. That's a real compassionate thing to say. That's why when there was a crowd that was hungry, the disciples said to Jesus, just send them away. Oh, that's real caring, fellas. We will naturally struggle with compassion. But if we're going to live impact like Jesus, we need to see others as Jesus saw. We need to feel for others as Jesus felt. Thirdly, in your notes, we need to respond to others as Jesus responded. Why? Because Jesus always did something. Jesus says that these people, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're hurting, they're scattered. And then he goes on to a different metaphor and says the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. He says there's plenty of work to do. There's so many people that are hurting. There's so many people that need hope. There's so many people that need Jesus. The harvest is plentiful, but there's just not enough workers. There's just not enough laborers. And Jesus always, whenever there was a need, Jesus always responded. And so we see others as Jesus saw. We Feel for others as Jesus felt. We respond to others as Jesus responded. And then fourthly, we pray for others as Jesus prayed. Now it seems like Jesus would have just said, hey, go out into the field. Go out and harvest. He doesn't do that. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out his laborers. Why? Because when we start praying we realize that the one that God wants to send is us. When we start saying, God, there's so many needs. I'm seeing their hurt. I'm seeing their pain. I want to do something. I'm praying, God, would you use me? He ends up sending us. He ends up sending other people that we're praying for. That's the great commission where Jesus said, go into all the world 
and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So for us to imitate Jesus, we have to understand that Jesus talked impact. But even more significantly, Jesus lived impact. And if we're going to live impact, we have to see others as Jesus saw. We have to feel for others as Jesus felt. We have to respond to others as Jesus responded. And we have to pray for others as Jesus prayed. It's very, very simple. But it's not easy. And here's why. In your notes, the last three points. The reality Imitating Jesus will be inconvenient. Imitating Jesus will be inconvenient. As we pray this prayer, God, I want to see others the way you see them. We're going to see people that are hurting. We're going to see people that are lonely. And it's going to come at a time in our lives where we feel like we don't have the time or the resources to help somebody else. Impacting others will be inconvenient. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you your priorities at times. You're going to have to reshuffle your priorities, reshuffle your schedule. It will at times be inconvenient. But often the greatest impact happens in the unplanned times of life because we're just praying, God, I want to see people the way you see them. It's going to be inconvenient. Second of all, imitating Jesus is going to be uncomfortable. Why? Because Jesus always responded. He would go to people that were hurting. He would go to people that were helpless. Well, what does that mean for us? That means here on the weekends, you're going to find yourself going up to people and introducing yourself to people that you don't even know just to make them feel loved and welcome. You're going to find yourself being willing to serve in areas that you're, you've never served before just because you've realized that that's something that God has put on your heart. You want to respond the way Jesus responded. You're, you're going to find yourself inviting people over to dinner even though you don't know how to cook because you just want to share the love of Jesus. Right? Like, hey, come on over. We're having Taco Bell. This is super uncomfortable. But here's what I've found in my own life, is as I go into the areas where I'm uncomfortable, God strengthens me. Don't miss this. You can spend your entire life doing what's comfortable, and you're not going to grow. You'll be in the same place a year from now, 10 years from now, because you are not relying on Jesus. You're relying on your previous experience and your own strength. One of the things I've been doing recently is I've been working out with a friend, and I told him I want to get stronger, and he wants to get stronger, and so we do all that we can to kill each other in the gym. I want to cause him as much pain as I possibly can. Why? Because if he's uncomfortable in the gym, he's going to get stronger. We're going to get stronger in the Lord. We have to go to those areas of life that God is calling us to that are inconvenient and uncomfortable. Because here's the third reality. 
is that imitating Jesus will impact others. Imitating Jesus will impact others. That's just the reality. There's a businessman that was stressed out. He had a difficult job. It had been a brutal season of life. Pretty much every area of his life um, was discouraging him, was stressing him out. He said to his wife, we need to get away. They went away um, on the West Coast. They got a really nice hotel room, and uh, that night a horrible storm hit. It was raining. The waves were crashing. He couldn't sleep. Four o'clock in the morning, storm died down, and he decides to go out on a walk. And he realizes, even though the moon's bright out, there's just thousands and thousands of starfish all over the beach. And so he's walking, and five o'clock comes, and the sun starts coming up, and there's a little boy that's out on the beach. And he's picking up these starfish. He's looking at them, and he's throwing them back into the sea. This businessman goes up to this boy and says, hey, you know there's no way you could ever throw all of those starfish back in the sea. There's no way you could really make a difference. And he looks at the man. He bends over, and he picks up a starfish, and he throws it into the water. And he says, I made a difference to that one. And that's what we're going to do as a church. That's how we impact others. That's often how Jesus did one life at a time. One more person walking in victory. One more person walking in hope. One more person experiencing forgiveness. One more person with a word of encouragement. One more person experiencing the victory that only comes from Jesus. Why? Because we're committed to talking like Jesus and living like Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, So simple, but it's not easy. Would you help us? God, I know for myself, one of my greatest enemies is me. My own selfishness, being consumed with me. And so I, I pray that you would help me. I pray that you would help us. to see, to feel, to respond, and to pray like Jesus. God, would you use us not just this weekend, but in our everyday lives to impact others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, speaking of impact, we have the opportunity uh, this weekend, as we always do, to make an impact, and that's through our giving that's through our generosity, and not often enough do I just say thank you uh, for giving generously and sacrificially uh, to Jesus through the ministry of Shelter Cove. And when we give, uh, yes, amazing ministry happens uh, every night of the week, every day of the week right here at Shelter Cove. But not only that, it makes things like this, Impact Weekend, possible. It makes October Blessed possible. You know, we were looking at sending a team to Texas uh, They've got plenty of help right now, so we're looking to send a team to Florida to help out with Hurricane Irma. It makes that possible. When you give generously and sacrificially, it helps make ministry possible. And when we do that, we're like Jesus, the most generous person that ever lived. Why? Because he gave his life.
He gave up everything for you and for me. So let's bow and let's pray. Thank you for your willingness to send your son. Thank you that Jesus came to this earth to die in our place. And God, we just get to respond. And one of the ways we do that is, is through worshiping you with our giving, worshiping you with our generosity. So God, would you use these gifts, these ties, these offerings to further your kingdom? We do it for you. We do it for your glory. We do it for your honor. And in doing that, God, would you change our hearts? Help us to be mission-minded, Jesus-focused. God, we can't take it with us. So we use it now for your glory and your honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.